welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter Cantor, and I am the editor in chief of Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World, where we are celebrating our fall special event, Digital Transformation in the Enterprise. Presented in association with our premier converged security partner, ISC West, Digital Transformation in the Enterprise saw us exploring one of the most influential trends in biometrics through featured articles, product launches, and expert interviews. That's why I am pleased to welcome BioConnect Chairman and CEO Rob Douglas back to the podcast, along with BioConnect CTO and CISO Courtney Gibson. Our conversation begins on the topic of the BioConnect Cares Initiative that was started at the outset of the COVID-19 pandemic and then delves right into the company's major access control innovation, Mobile Wellness Declaration. Our discussion shifts to the various technologies helping businesses stay safe and secure in 2020 before ending on the importance of collaboration in the identity and access management industries. It's an in-depth conversation with two leading minds in our industry, so without further ado, I am excited to present BioConnect's Rob Douglas and Courtney Gibson right here on ID Talk. I'm joined today by BioConnect CEO and Chairman Rob Douglas and BioConnect's CTO and CISO Courtney Gibson. Gentlemen, welcome back to ID Talk. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Peter. So I want to start with some conversation about the BioConnect Cares initiative. At the beginning of the pandemic, you launched BioConnect Cares. Nearly six months later, how has this program stacked up to your initial expectations? Well, thank you, Peter. I think the, um, the origins of this, of course, were the beginning of the pandemic, when we did our own internal soul searching to say, what is it about what we do that we can offer to the world to help deal with the second wave of the spread of COVID was our original thinking. And that led to our wellness declaration solution that we've brought to market. And what we've learned about it is that, in fact, yesterday we just did a press release of one of our customers that is uh, in production with it. What we've learned is there's a lot of people out there who are you know, preparing wellness surveys, but they're not connected to the decision about whether I'm going to let you into a building or not. And so the, what's unique about the BioConnect solution is it, it's virtually, it is actually your virtual security guard. If you don't use BioConnect, what people are doing is they've got, they're hiring security guards to stand at the choke points of their building in order to have people read a sign of whether they're well or not. And then this uh, guard is doing a visual confirmation of whether, in fact, this person is going to be permitted to enter a facility. This is costing them a lot of money. I can think of a customer we have right now that has hired five security guards just to manage one choke point. So they're in for about a half a million a year in unplanned expenses just to manage this visual authentication of the person. So you can do that. And then the next logical step is, well, I can't afford this. I need to automate this authentication. And that's where BioConnect really fits in beautifully because we've got the digital authentication survey done on a mobile device that can be done at your house or can be do, or done on your way to the office. And it's directly connected into the decision about whether we're gonna unlock the door. So if you fail, the declaration of your wellness that day, the access to the facility is not going to let you in. And that's the beautiful part, I guess, of how we can contribute is because we're integrated into 80% of the top access control systems worldwide, it actually was quite easy for us to be able to bring this authentication layer to 
to wellness and um, and uh, physical security. So we think of it as a COVID security solution. Mm -hmm. And Courtney, do you have anything you'd like to add to add to that? I think as we brought it out, we've discovered a lot of uh, a lot of BioConnect's background is in physical access control and compliance for our customers that need higher security for their enterprises. And we focused a lot on who are you as you've been arriving at entry points and doors and this layering on of how are you has been a real learning opportunity to see how we have, uh, how our solution is able to solve some of the needs our customers have. Um, I think some of the lessons you know, that we've learned as we've rolled this out has really uh, been around how these compliance elements and how these uh, security elements can fit in well to uh, this new uh, new environment our customers are working in. Uh, we've connected with folks who had started with surveys, but but that didn't really give the security and the auditability that they needed. Uh, as as Rob said, we've we've found people who've had signs at the door, but uh, but that doesn't scale. Uh, being able to come in and really provide uh, a level of uh, of assurance and around identity, around compliance. Uh, has really helped our uh, our customers meet meet their uh, meet their requirements to reopen and reopen safely. We've talked about BioConnect Cares. We talked about these lessons that you've learned, um, and you know we've talked about some of the the needs that that the mobile wellness declaration solution meets for those implementing it. Uh, obviously, there are very obvious direct bottom line benefits to to implementing it. I'm wondering, however, what is the specific user experience of wellness declaration? Uh, users are under all sorts of stress right now, just being out in the world. Uh, I wonder if you could speak a little bit about how they're using it. Yes, I'd be happy to. And I'll, I'll give you two um, use case examples. So the first one is, um, I've got up in the morning, I have uh, had my cup of coffee, I've showered, I'm getting ready to go to the office and I can, I can just um, click on the app and complete my wellness declaration from the comforts of my own home. And then when I get to the office, I, I present my plastic card, which I'm used to doing, my, you know, I, my card to, uh, to the door and the door unlocks because I've in essence completed the wellness part of the declaration in the comfort of my own home and when I get to the office, I just keep presenting the card like I use, um, like I'm always used to doing in order to get access to the facility. The other use case is I don't do that at all. I actually just go to the office and I present the card at the card reader and I receive a push to my phone that has, that has the declaration and I read the information. I hit, I hit the yes, I declare I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm positive or negative on all the questions that are being asked. And then BioConnect, the application says, I recognize the card. I recognize the declaration being uh, approved. Go ahead and unlock the door. So that's the use case. So you can do it from the comfort of your home or you can do it when you get to the office or anywhere in between. Yeah, I think that that sort of flexibility and the thought that you've put into the user experience there is is really elegant. And it's a it's just a fantastic way to, to make people feel comfortable in this difficult time. So, you know, amazing. There, actually, Peter, if I could just add yeah. another comment to it, there's another part to the user experience. So that's for the user. Then there's mm -hmm. the, what about the compliance officer 
or the person in charge of physical security or the person in charge of uh, HR or, uh, you know, people. Well, if somebody, if somebody fails the, um, the compliance um, declaration, then immediately we issue an alert through email, through Slack, or through Teams in Microsoft 365 to anyone who needs to know that somebody has failed or is potentially at risk of, uh, of bringing COVID to the office. So there's a very quick and real-time through very common communication tools that people are using in their, in their enterprises today to get the information out so people can take action. Organizations need to look at security from a holistic standpoint. There should not be sharp divisions between digital and physical security measures. Both need to work together to protect valuable data and infrastructure from being exposed. The future of physical security is here. BioConnect brings two-factor mobile authentication to physical spaces, including doors, data centers, network closets, and data rooms. Users simply walk up, tap their access card, complete a step-up authentication on their mobile device, and gain access. The low-cost, retrofit solution can be installed in under 30 minutes and works on a smart, rules-based policy to help organizations meet privacy, security, and compliance policies and regulations. Keep your organization and its facilities secure. To learn more, visit bioconnect.com slash unified slash find dash biometrics. And now, back to the podcast. You know, to, to dive a little bit deeper on this mobile wellness declaration solution, it was chosen by the Digital Technology Supercluster in Canada over the summer. And I'm wondering, what role is this technology playing on that large-scale collaboration? So the, um, the technology supercluster um, awarded BioConnect um, a grant uh, back a couple of months ago to help us uh, continue to invest and scale out the R&D associated with everything wellness. Um, it was a very uh, positive indication coming from um, the Government of Canada to invest in BioConnect specifically around wellness. And there are actually other elements in the roadmap, which we can talk about here in a moment, that are expanding the wellness capability for, for any organization. Um, and so that was really, um, that was really a, 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 an important moment. And, um, and the second moment I just would like to draw attention to is right around the same time, we also received recognition from SIA, which is the security uh, really the security body association that each year recognizes the top in, uh, top technologies and innovations in security. And BioConnect was recognized, this particular solution was recognized as the top emerging technology of 2020. And so it's, uh, we're also getting uh, security industry uh, endorsement and recognition as well for what we're doing around uh, bringing wellness security to organizations and their facilities. And that's further exemplified by your very recently announced uh, deployment at Mars in Toronto. And I'm wondering if uh, either of you could speak a little bit more about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll make a comment and Courtney, feel free to jump in as well, is that um, what, what this is, is the Mars is what this really is, is this is the technology ecosystem of um, the third largest country in North, uh, third largest city in North America. So Toronto is a very large uh, uh, community 
of, uh, of people and technology. And Mars is the epicenter of innovation. And it, it transcends across every element of technology. And so it was quite rewarding also for them to endorse and deploy and now publicly release the fact that they're using our wellness declaration for for access for um, their third-party contractors into their facilities. I think the amount of collaboration that initiatives like the Supercluster have been driving are fantastic. It's always the case with technology that collaboration builds far stronger solutions than just integration. When you're able to work with partners together to build a common uh, solution in in a common direction, uh, rather than just sort of uh, you know uh, shopping the world for for the right parts to put together. Uh, there's always something that's more capable, more flexible, and and stronger. And and these uh, these opportunities to to work in collaboration with technology partners uh, have been invaluable uh, for us in the past and continue to be. And, and the support from Supercluster, from Mars, and uh, and uh, from NSERC and from others, uh, from SIA, has been fantastic in terms of uh, helping build that forward and, and, quite honestly, just build better solutions for our customers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it just makes sense to to focus on what you do best and then through partnerships build something better, especially in a time like this where we're just we're all in this together and we need to work together for something like this. You know, beyond wellness declaration, I'm wondering what are some other ways that next generation access control can help keep people safe as businesses reopen during the pandemic? Another use case that we've uncovered is this wellness declaration has been built where it can actually handle any compliance requirement and tie it to authentication of a user. And this actually could turn out to be quite even, it could be quite significant. So, an example would be we were um, interacting, uh, communicating and collaborating with a very large, um, probably a Fortune 20 company a couple weeks ago. And the reason why they're interested in uh, deploying our solution in their own facilities is that they want to use our wellness declaration and repurpose it for doing compliance and consent of using biometric information. You see, across the U.S., this is, I think a lot has to do with what's come out of China, where you've, you've got video surveillance that's got people really concerned about the big brother is, is watching uh, biometrics and biometric information. And you've got states in the U.S. where, you know, they're really um, putting rules around how one can use biometric information. And so from this particular customer, their interest is if I could get all my employees, which in their case is measured in tens of thousands, to provide me consent on some continued basis that I'm authorized to be able to use their biometric information for uh, access control, then this solves a compliance requirement they have. And this actually would be a very elegant way and simple way for them to have auditability and control that they do have actually have the user's compliance to use their information. It takes us actually and broadens it from just wellness, also including uh, privacy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm reminded of the the general phrase that we throw around, you know, privacy, privacy hygiene and uh, and whatnot. And I really do think that there is quite a bit of, of overlap and it's not just allegorical here. Uh, Courtney, I'd be interested in, in what you have to add to this as well. What other next generation access control solutions are keeping businesses safe as they reopen during the pandemic? No, that, that's a great question. And, and I think there's really two elements of safety that we can, 
well, three elements of safety. We talked about privacy, but I, I think when it comes to uh, COVID safety in particular, there's there's really two goals I think that businesses have. They need to understand individually who is getting into those places and, and is that safe? Um, we've talked about the wellness survey. Uh, our systems also integrate with a number of the emerging technologies that are coming out, whether it's thermal cameras that can add a layer of, of additional check to ensure that uh, people are healthy coming in. Um, we've, uh, we've been looking at um, uh, one of our partners has, uh, has facial recognition that's being adapted to uh, support people that are wearing masks to be able to both recognize them and enforce mask policies in, in workplaces. So there's a number of emerging technologies that are making sure that on an individual level, safety is there for businesses as they reopen. And as we've explored bringing this to market, we're having conversations with an increasing number of customers that are concerned about the next layer, which is making sure that on a on a macro level, the, the environments as a whole are safe. Um, and that really speaks to the ability to freely get data out of these access control systems and look at questions around flow in your buildings, occupancy numbers, um, and uh, it addresses everything from the safety of, you know, am I, do I have the right level of capacity inside spaces, you know, all the way through to understanding load and demand and, and uh, how use is changing in facilities. We're entering an uncharted territory where uh, many people are working from home, coming in periodically, shifting hours to adapt to transit loads and understanding how that impacts um, your building, its capacity, its throughput and your services that you're offering. Um, there's, there's a real role for data to play in that second layer as well. So I think there's technology to address the individuals um, and there's also technology changes that will help address the, the whole environment need as well. Mm -hmm. It seems like businesses are rushing to catch up with the wave of digital transformation. You know, they're scrambling to add contactless access control, converge security. And to me, it really seems like this runs the risk of running afoul of privacy regulations. Rob, you already talked about uh, consent, the role that consent plays. Uh, and Courtney, when you were talking about that second layer of data communications, I'm just wondering what should enterprises look for when they're trying to upgrade their identity and access systems and remaining compliant when, you know, as you said, Courtney, there are people who are working from home for the first time while there are people shifting their hours around. I think the most important thing I can offer to the listeners is don't pick an individual solution. Don't do it. Um, it's like it's like you're trying to bet on technology. Which one's going to be the winner? It um, it's highly likely that will all not pick the winner. And so therefore, the best strategy, I think, for anything to, uh, to deal with the authentication layer in physical access is find a platform. Because um, you, what you're looking for is a platform that can make you agnostic to the changes in technologies around authentications and gives you the flexibility to use different types of authentications based on the threats that you're experiencing. An example that I would give to that is in... In the digital world, we can change authentication technologies overnight. In the physical world, when you pick an authentication for a particular door, you're generally going to live with that for the next six to 10 years. 
And I think we're now past that. The world is moving too quickly and, and uh, threats are changing too quickly. We've got to get to a point where you can actually have greater control over changing the, the authentication types and level of security you want at a given door on a much more um, uh, dynamic basis. And platforms will allow you the ability to do that. Point-to-point -point integrations will mean you will get stuck with your chosen technology and have to live with it well beyond its useful life. I feel like that really does fit into the flexibility that we've been talking about through this. And it, it also does cater to a variety of user experiences as well. Courtney, do you have any, any other notes on keeping things compliant for new implementers? To really address that well, you need to look at where information is flowing. And it's something that really is at the core of uh, how we build our solutions. And, and there, are other, uh, there are other excellent examples in the industry as well. But we've really started from a first principles approach to look at where information is flowing. Um, there's a lot of uh, opportunity when you bring new solutions in. If you're not careful, you can create entire new islands of PII, uh, personal information, within your organization. And each one of those needs to be properly protected, maintained, and dealt with under the privacy legislation that your business is operating under. And if you can avoid creating those new islands, you can avoid getting into additional compliance burden around privacy. Um, that's one of the things that uh, we've always worked hard at is as we integrate systems, we leave the private information in those uh, original systems and work really hard to build bridges between the systems that allow them to interoperate, but don't pull the, you know, create new islands of PII where, you know, we leave biometric templates in the pockets of our users on their mobile phones. Um, we, uh, we leave access credentials in the access control systems and our own solutions are built um, you know, with a security principle and a privacy principle that, uh, that says that we simply you know, um, don't don't gather that information. We find ways to build the bridges without um, uh, duplicating the, the the private information. And I think that's really that really you know hits at the heart of the privacy question is is understanding. You know, are you as you integrate systems, are you are you building bridges or, or are you creating new pools of PII as you do that? Um, and that to the extent you can minimize doing that and and find solutions that. Uh, that avoid that, you, you can avoid a lot of the, uh, the, the privacy hurdles, the security hurdles, and, and really protect your users' uh, interests, interests well. Organizations need to look at security from a holistic standpoint. There should not be sharp divisions between digital and physical security measures. Both need to work together to protect valuable data and infrastructure from being exposed. The future of physical security is here. BioConnect brings two-factor mobile authentication to physical spaces, including doors, data centers, network closets, and data rooms. Users simply walk up, tap their access card, complete a step-up authentication on their mobile device, and gain access. The low-cost, retrofit solution can be installed in under 30 minutes and works on a smart, rules-based policy to help organizations meet privacy, security, and compliance policies and regulations. Keep your organization and its facilities secure. 
To learn more, visit bioconnect.com slash unified slash find dash biometrics. And now, back to the podcast. We've already been speaking uh, about the important role that collaboration is playing right now, but I'm wondering what role do partnerships play in the identity and access landscape as we're looking forward? And how does that collaboration fit into BioConnect's strategy? I would say we're a collaboration first company. So when I think about it from a strategy point of view, we are on a continued basis, always looking for uh, technologies that are here or are emerging and how to bring them together to bring higher levels of trust around the physical access landscape. And a good example of that is when we, when we were successful in unifying the authentication experience of a digital user and a physical user to be the same user was really a breakthrough that uh, happened for us. I mean, we've all in the industry have been talking about, you know, physical and logical unification. We've been talking about this for 15 years. And to see um, a moment in time that actually for us was the genesis of this was through collaboration, an innovation project with one of our customers unearthed this idea of how do we take the multi-factor authenticators that are being used for step-up authentication of digital applications and how do we allow that same user to use it at a door system without having to replace with at the door to give higher levels of security. And that to me is just a good example of the collaboration that uh, we continuously are doing and continue to look for to be able to bring higher levels of trust to access events uh, as opposed to, you know, trying to recreate the wheel and, and do it with some uh, newborn technology versus leveraging that would already exist out there. Absolutely. And Courtney, how do you see collaboration fitting into the future here? I think as we continue to look at how we can build integrated solutions that remove as much friction as possible from our end users um, while increasing the security that they receive, um, there's a lot of opportunity still ahead of us to bring, as Rob says, these physical and digital identities together. Um, as, uh, you know, as security becomes um, easier to um, bring out using the tools that people are already used to consuming, uh, as we can uh, leverage those tools better, um, take advantage of, uh, of more passive means of identifying users through behavioral analytics and uh, uh, and integration into the sensors that people already have in their in their spaces and in their phones, uh, we can uh, we can continue to build um, strength, to build identity, and to bring unification between the digital and uh, digital places that people do work um, and and their physical presence in those locations as well. Um, and uh, as we continue to seek out collaboration opportunities, we see a lot of. Uh, good road ahead to uh, to really uh, to build that out to build it out strongly and to make it really easy for people to consume there's quite a lot to be excited about and i'd like to carry this optimistic note into this this final question here and i'm wondering what do you see as the biggest opportunities for biometrics and rightful identity in this near future peter i see um i see the biggest opportunity for biometrics and, and rightful identity as I look forward, the biggest opportunity I think is really to follow the trends that COVID is accelerating right now. And that's 
uh, movement to the cloud, um, that's uh, movement to a more mobile workforce. And as those things change, the borders of our businesses change with that. We are seeing our digital infrastructure start to move out to third-party providers. Um, and that shifts how we need to manage identities, um, how we need to manage our compliance responsibilities over those pieces of infrastructure that are critical to our businesses, um, and how we need to manage the people who may be remote now who get access to those um, technologies or who may be coming into remote places to, uh, to service that infrastructure. And you know, we've, um, we've, we've seen certainly in the past uh, a lot of risk around um, businesses that, uh, that push things into, push digital infrastructure into, into remote locations, into distributed locations without thinking about the physical infrastructure implications of that, uh, whether it's you know, theft, of, uh, theft of storage, which, uh, which exposes PII out to the uh, world, whether it's uh, the risks associated with distributed networks as, uh, you know, as they're disrupted, the, uh, the compliance impacts on businesses can be huge, the operational impact can be huge. Um, and uh, we're, uh, we're seeing really increased uh, demand ourselves, and I think the, the biometrics industry has a, has a huge role to play in, in helping businesses adapt to this shifting risk, risk landscape of seeing digital infrastructure uh, move out into, uh, uh, into, into cloud providers, into uh, geographic locations uh, that, uh, that it wasn't in before. Absolutely. And Rob, I'd love to hear your input on on the near future of biometrics yeah. and rightful identity. Yeah. Yeah. I think actually, um, Courtney just said that like really well. And, um, I think what I'm about to say doesn't feel anywhere as compelling, but in the context of biometrics specifically, we've got to get the biometric control in the hands of the user period. The user needs to be able to control enrollment use of, and make the decision as to when they wish to suspend its use. That is the next step we must conquer as a uh, community and as an industry. And I think we're well on the way. I think the industry is well on its way. I think BioConnect's well on its way. And in fact, it was just most recently that um, as the emerging of our own, our, we've got our own mobile biometric-based uh, solution that is uh, provides the binding to an application. And we've actually, for the first time, been able to put the whole complete user journey in the hands of the user, even though the enterprise has control of the trust associated with the biometric. And I think that's where we're headed. I, I really do. I think once the user's in control of the complete lifecycle, that's going to that's going to be a game changer in terms of all of the applications where one can use biometric information to to authenticate their identity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I think that that's uh, that you're absolutely right. I think that's not too far off. I'm seeing uh, quite a lot, especially from from BioConnect, uh, moving in that direction. And it reminds me of previous conversations you and I have had, Rob, about the the advent of a identity as a utility. Um, and uh, I think that it's going to be very empowering for everybody. So uh, just to wrap things up, I'm wondering how can listeners get in touch with you and BioConnect to learn more about what we discussed today. Well, you can, uh, you can reach us. Um, you can reach uh, Courtney or I. Um, I'll just give you our personal emails. So uh, rdouglas at bioconnect, 
bioconnect.com or see Gibson at bioconnect.com if you think we directly can help you. And more broadly, bioconnect.com, our website is a very rich site um, that uh, really, really is there to provide insights about what we're capable of and the problems that we solve and the solutions are capable. And we'd be delighted to engage with any companies that wish to partner with us. We've got a very good uh, partner ecosystem and we're always looking to engage with others around the world. And um, for end customers, I think you're welcome to explore our technologies and uh, interact with us as you need to. Rob, Courtney, it's always great to speak with you. Thank you so much for joining me today on ID Talk. I had a great time. I did too. Thank you, Peter. Thank you very much, Peter. And so concludes my interview with BioConnect Chairman and CEO Rob Douglas and BioConnect CTO and CISO Courtney Gibson. To learn more about the topics discussed on this episode, please visit bioconnect.com. And for more on digital transformation in the enterprise, stay posted to Find Biometrics. I would like to thank Rob and Courtney once again for joining me on today's episode. Our podcast theme music is by Logamrad. I have been your host, Peter Counter. Thank you for listening to the ID Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.